Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to you the Hockey, Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Like the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, right now, New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And with the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs just about to begin, there are so many different money lines or puck lines and bets that you can make. One that I'm really banking on is for the Seattle Kraken to move on to the conference finals after the second round matchup against the Dallas Stars. They have a lot of momentum, and I think it really is a good bet to make for them to win the series. How many games they win in is up to you. But that's just an example of the many different types of bets you can make during these hockey playoffs. And if you want to get in on the action, here's what you do. You download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas City, plus 21 in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. <laughs> that might have been one of, if not the funniest playoff game I have ever watched in my entire life as a hockey fan. And probably the funniest Devils playoff game I have ever watched in my lifetime. What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host, your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to a very odd edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire radio the best place to get everything you need to know about your blowout w at home new jersey devils as always guys i hope you are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode thank you guys as always for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out especially here during the playoffs I've been seeing a lot of you guys, you know, constantly downloading them and checking out these episodes. So really, I appreciate it so much. And I thank you all so very much. 
Uh, this podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And again, with the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs being as strange as it is, uh, we are well into the second round of the NBA playoffs. As I mentioned before, spring football. We just had the Kentucky Derby, but there will be other major races coming up. F1 is going on. And with so many other things as well going on, you already know that DraftKings Sportsbook is your number one place to get in on all the huge cash prizes. So if you want to get in on this action, you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now. You sign up. Use our promo code THPN. Again, promo code is THPN. And don't forget to tell them that your boy Neil Villapiano sent you. And again, a big thank you and shout out to our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook for being the official sports betting partner of the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And don't forget, Devils fans, to bet responsibly. And also another shout-out to our other sponsors over at Raycon. And I've talked about it several times over, but I'm going to tell you again. If you want the best quality, and I mean the best quality earbuds, headphones at half the price, yes, half the price of the other major brands out there, then Raycon is the place that you need to go to get them. And if you want, I have a deal for you. You go to buyraycon.com slash THPN and you, my friend, yes, you listening to this episode will get 15% off your purchase of anything, earbuds, headphones, whatever, 15% off. So again, go to buyraycon.com slash THPN. So another shout out to Raycon for also with sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Yeah, I think I'm like in a laughing mood because that was really the one of the funniest playoff games I've ever watched. Um, and obviously it makes it even more um, in a bright and cheery mood, I guess, because the Devils won. And just like in the first round, um, the Devils are once again back in the series, now only down two games to one with game number four in New Jersey at the Rock um, coming up on Tuesday. So, you know, obviously we're going to talk about this game. We're going to recap it because there was a lot. It was a, there was a lot to discuss. And then obviously we will kind of preview a little bit and what to expect and what I would like to see from the Devils in particular going into game number four with a chance uh, to tie the series up at two games apiece and guarantee us a game six back in New Jersey in a couple of days. Uh, so guys, as always, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time. And I apologize that it's been a while since I've said this and get rolling. So yeah, I mean, you go into this game and, uh, you know, before I start, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I'll mention it again. Big shout out to, um, to my girlfriend, Amanda. She was the one that really pushed to, for both of us to get tickets to this game and go see the Devils in game number game number three, my first Devils playoff uh, home game since 2017-18. This was my girlfriend's first home playoff game. If you remember, uh, she and I went to game six of the first round series at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. So this is already our second playoff game of this season and really weird start time. I understand that there were two other games that went on yesterday, but still... 
very weird to have a playoff game be played in the middle of the afternoon at 3.30. And it was a pretty hot day as well. It was over 75 degrees, getting close to 80 as we're into early May. So we're starting to get warmer weather. And you're hoping that with the warm weather, the Devils offense can warm up and maybe even catch fire in game number three. And the one thing that we did know was that Luke Hughes was going to make his playoff debut. So add another guy who gets experience and gets a chance to play in the playoffs. Um, the other question mark was really going to be who was going to play um, in net? Who was going to be in net? Would the Devils go back to Akira Schmidt or would they look to Vitek Vanacek? And we found out as the Devils took the ice, it was indeed Vitek Vanacek. And I said it yesterday on social media that I really wasn't surprised that Vitek Vanacek got the start. Um, despite, obviously, I don't want to put full blame on Akira Schmid, but obviously when you give up the amount of goals that he did in the, com the combined first two games, I can understand Lindy Ruff again, just like he did in the first round, wanting to make some changes, wanting to see if he can get a jolt from the team. Um, the other thing that we found out was that Brendan Smith would make his um, his playoff debut this year. He's been in the playoffs before. He was with Carolina just last year, but this was the first time that we got a chance to see him uh, play. Ryan Graves obviously being injured, and they added Brendan Smith as a seventh defenseman because Lindy Ruff went to an 11 by 7 uh, lineup for this game. And you guys already know my feelings about when this team goes to 11 by 7. It doesn't normally work. It wor It's worked like maybe two or three times, uh, also including this game that we're about to talk about. But I think in general, that it, it, to me, playing a more defensive system doesn't necessarily um, help the Devils in terms of what they're trying to do. I feel like you're kind of taking away, um, you know, an op you know, more scoring, uh, which is so ironic to say right now, considering what happened in this game. But I really wasn't the biggest fan of going 11 by 7. Um, but again, you kind of have to put your trust in Lindy Rupp because, I mean, look, he's helped us get to this point now. Um, and... We have to give them an opportunity because they've gotten this far and, uh, you know, maybe it was what the Devils needed. should also mention, because I didn't mention it in the last episode, um, that now the Devils have three different individuals who are up for major awards. Talked about Nico Heischer. He's up for the Selkie Trophy for Best uh, Defensive Forward. You have Jack Hughes, who was up for the Lady Bing for Sportsmanship. So that's pretty awesome. And then just before Game 2, Lindy Rupp was announced a finalist for the Jack Adams Award for Coach of the Year, along with Jim Montgomery of the Boston Bruins and Dave Hackstall of the Seattle Kraken. And I think Lindy does have a, a legitimate shot of winning it, but it is a regular season award, so they probably will end up giving it to Jim Montgomery for how phenomenal of a year he's been. I think also Dave Hackstall deserves a lot of recognition as well for what he's done with the Kraken even up to this point. They are currently up two games to one after a blowout 7-2 to win at home in game number three against the Stars. They're two wins away from going to the conference finals. And Dave Haxtell's a big reason why they're there. So all three of these guys, deservingly uh, so, are in contention to win the Jack Adams. So for the Devils to have this many guys already be considered for major awards is pretty phenomenal. And again, it shows you how much the NHL recognizes the historic and phenomenal year that the New Jersey Devils had. So again, Going to have to put your faith in the Lindy Ruff going into this one. The biggest thing that I said for the Devils going into Game 3 when we, after we discussed Game 2 in the last episode was that I wanted the Devils to feed off the crowd. I wanted them to feed off the energy. 
it was going to be much more of a home ice advantage than it was against the Rangers because it was going to be 95 plus percent Devils fans. There were Hurricanes fans I did see. Um, obviously, you could kind of get lost considering both teams wear red and they also wear black and white. So they could easily get lost. But if you look carefully, you could see them. But you knew it was going to be a definite home ice advantage for New Jersey playing in front of their fans and, uh, you know, a big opportunity to to get themselves back in the series. And right from the opening puck drop, the Devils played arguably their best first period, if you count also the regular season, in quite some time. They really took it to the Hurricanes. They didn't allow the Hurricanes' defensive system to set up. They really did a good job of not allowing the Hurricanes to simply flip the puck out of the zone. Did a really good job in the forecheck, behind the net in particular, and created a lot of opportunities. And the first one came when Jack Hughes stole the puck behind the net, gave it over to Timo Meyer, who was able to tuck it just past Freddie Anderson and in for his first goal and first point. In this year's Stanley Cup playoffs, it was finally at the 5.58 mark of the first. It was for the first time this year. It was Timo time. And I'm sure for Timo Meyer, just great for him to get the monkey off his back. And so now hopefully that really gets him going all uh, the rest of the way. But yeah, just a little less than six minutes in, it is one nothing Devils. Jack Hughes and Dawson Mercer with assists on that one. So... Already, a couple of the top guys, and I mentioned before the top guys have to get going in order for us to get back in the series, they've already gotten on the board. Now, the Devils just continued to put pressure on the Hurricanes. Although the Kings did have some good chances, and you know Martin Nate just rang it off the post on a partial odd man rush um, prior to the Devils scoring, um, the Devils did a good job of not allowing Carolina to generate a whole lot and certainly put pressure on Carolina in the offensive zone. So then the Devils are coming back into the zone. Jack Hughes comes up the right side. He definitely had a good shot to take right away. Instead, he passed it back to the top of the point to Brendan Smith, who passed it right back to him. Stefan Nason got a piece of it, but it still found its way to Jack Hughes, and he one time did pass the glove of Freddie Anderson, top shelf, and Jack Hughes with his first goal of this series, his fourth of the playoffs. And that makes it two nothing Devils just about 11 minutes into this one. And so you could see the emotion coming from Jack and the excitement that he had for him to finally get a goal after going a handful of games uh, without doing much of anything and getting frustrated against this uh, this Hurricanes team. He finally gets himself a goal. Um, and again, a little bit of puck luck, but that doesn't hurt. Obviously, we know how much the Devils struggled with puck luck in the first round and even maybe at times early in this series, but they finally get some going their way. Brendan Smith, again, coming to the lineup for the first time in these playoffs, getting himself his first point. He got the primary assist. Dawson Mercer, with already his second point of the game, third assist of these playoffs, got the secondary assist, and it's 2 nothing. And then, about a minute or so later, Devils take a penalty. So obviously they got to go to the penalty kill, uh, something that the, you know, and I will say the penalty kill as the playoffs have gone on has gotten better and better and better. And the Devils create an opportunity and it's Michael McLeod coming up the right side. He's going one-on-one against the defenseman. And, you know, I kind of expected at least at first that maybe he was just going to throw it on net and that was that. But no, he used his speed, got the power move and was able to take a shot with his forehand through the legs far side on Freddie Anderson getting it past them and into the net, and it's 3 nothing Devils' second shorthanded goal of the playoffs 
for the Devils, or excuse me, third, second for Michael McLeod in these playoffs, his second goal of the playoffs, and that makes it three to nothing. Nico Kiescher with his sixth assist, and John Marino with his third assist, both got apples on that one. I also did see that Michael McLeod has tied the franchise record for most shorthanded goals by an individual player in Devils playoff history, as now both of his goals so far in these playoffs have come via the shorthanded uh, type. And that was phenomenal. That was the big, you know, big statement right there to tell the Hurricanes, this is going to be a long game for you guys. That you're not going to, it's not going to be as easy as it was in games one and two. You're going to have to really earn your opportunities and you're going to have to really earn those goals. And Michael McLeod creating an opportunity. He has been nothing short of phenomenal in these playoffs, winning a lot of, you know, more than 50% of his face-offs, getting himself some clutch goals, you know, shorthanded and really just kind of grabbing that momentum. So Motor Mike or Eminem, as I like to call him, has really had himself a tremendous year in the playoffs and uh, definitely would like to see the Devils try to keep him um, moving forward. I think that they will do whatever they can to keep him around. But a big-time goal for Michael McLeod, it's great to see him, you know, starting to get rewarded at this point in his career. And so after one period of play, it's 3-0 Devils. So they've the Devils have come out flying, absolutely almost perfect period from the team. Uh, but as we've seen in these playoffs, we know that a three-goal lead or so is not safe, especially when you got 40 minutes still left to play. So you knew from the Devils' perspective, they just had to keep pushing. They had to keep dictating pace and not allow um, not allow Carolina to get back in this one. And the Devils got off to a tremendous start, 53 seconds into the second period. They're, the Devils' first line is on, putting some pressure. There's a scramble in front of the crease. Puck comes out to Nico Heischer. And kind of similarly to the, the Adam Henry Game 6 in 2012 goal uh, to beat the uh, Rangers. Obviously, this was an overtime goal, but similar. Went through the legs of Freddie Anderson, over to Nico Heischer, was able to easily tap it into an empty net. And he finally gets himself his first goal of the playoffs. I think just the second of his career. I think he had one um, I do remember he had one uh, in twenty in twenty eighteen, but he gets himself a goal, his first of these playoffs, and it makes it four nothing Devils just fifty three seconds in to the second period. Jesper Bratt and Andre Palat with assists, each getting their fourth assist of the playoffs. So again, you look at it: Timo, Jack, Nico, Bratt, Palat, even all of them already in this game have contributed to a goal. And have stepped up. And that's exactly what I was talking about. Needing this Devils team to have their top guys step up. Unfortunately, the four-goal lead would not last very long. As Sebastian Ajo, about 90 seconds. Or actually, a little little uh, more than a minute after the Devils made it 4 nothing, He was able to score on kind of a semi-rebound to get his fifth of the year. Fifth of the playoffs, excuse me. And that made it 4-1. to one. So, you know, you feel... I would say, at least from my perspective, felt a little bit uneasy because you knew that Carolina finally got on the board. They finally got a little bit of momentum. Um, I definitely felt like the Hurricanes were better in the second period. Um, but you know, you knew the Devils, they could not allow um they couldn't allow Carolina to get back in this one. And then we pick it up just about three and a half minutes later. Uh Luke Hughes, by the way, 
He's in the left corner. He ends up getting knocked down to his knees, and he still is able to make a pass to Damon Severson. And now Severson's in the left boards, and he makes a spin-around move around a Hurricanes player, takes a sharp shot with his forehand, beating the goaltender, Kochekov, who came in after the fourth goal given up by Freddie Anderson. And Damon Severson is able to answer right back to get his first goal of these playoffs and make it 5-1. to one. Luke Hughes, with his first career point, gets the primary assist. And Jack Hughes gets himself his second assist and fourth point of this game. He gets the other assist. So we had the chance to see both Hughes brothers set up a goal for someone else. So I'm sure Damon Severson, that'll be kind of a nice trivia question. Who was the first player to get a point or a goal assisted by both Jack and Luke? That is now Damon Severson. So it is five to one Devils. And so, yeah, I mean, you look at Jack Hughes. He has himself a phenomenal game so far at this point. I should mention he had, th- at th- this point, he had three points. He had a goal and two assists, getting a little ahead of myself. Um, and then later on in the period, Devils are on the power play and they're giving up a breakaway opportunity for Jordan Martinook. And he gets hooked from behind. And instead of just calling a regular penalty, the Reds call a penalty shot. So Jordan Martinook, who, in my opinion, has been the most pain-in-the-ass player the Devils have faced uh, against Carolina so far in these playoffs. He's been all over the ice. He gets a breakaway opportunity. He gets a penalty shot opportunity. He does not miss on a nice backhand top shelf over the glove of Vitek Vanacek. That gets the Hurricanes a shorthanded goal. And that makes it 5-2 to two Devils with just about 7.5 minutes to go in the second. Um, neither team got themselves anything else, uh, in in terms of, you know, getting on the board, uh, in that third, in that second period. So there was that, uh, but I should mention that a little later on in that period, we had, I don't know if you want to say the defining moment, or actually it was, it was because just before the Martin goal, we had our defining moment and it, it really wasn't. Like anything, like you just didn't expect it. But the reason the Devils got to the power play was because Jack Hughes had had so had been so tired of getting cross-checked by Sebastian Ajo. He turned around and the two guys proceeded to fight one another, going down to the ice and throwing haymakers at one another. This is Jack Hughes and Sebastian Ajo, two guys that are not known for fighting, particularly Hughes. And so they got into a scrap. Everybody, including myself, was going absolutely nuts. We had a fight earlier between Eric Halla and former Devil Stefan Nason. This was a f- semi-fight-filled night. And I think a lot of it came from the Devils just being really frustrated with the way that the series had gone up until this point and how well the Hurricanes' defensive system has been against them. And so they're finally getting a chance to release some of that anger by not only scoring, but dropping the gloves. But Jack Hughes getting into a... Uh, into a fight was awesome. And because of that fight and the fact that he already had two assists and a goal, he completed his first career Gordie Howe hat trick, not just in the regular season, but in the playoffs. So Jack Hughes really doing some uh, career things in this game just alone. And great to see even like your top, your top guy, Jack Hughes, get into a, a scuffle like that. That was pretty awesome. But other than all those things, nothing else happened in that period. So it's five to two Devils. Going into the third. So again, you're still up by three goals. Um, 
You didn't outscore the Hurricanes in that period, but you didn't let them outscore you either. You ended up tying it that, um, in that period 2-2. Two to two. So you go into the third knowing that you just got to find a way to put this game on ice. Don't let the Hurricanes even come close to thinking that they could stay in this one. And the Devils made sure that just about three minutes in, a nice screen. I forgot who made the screen. I think it might have been Bastion. He made a nice uh, unintentional screen that ended up knocking two Hurricanes players down, allowing Miles Wood a partial breakaway, and he did not miss as He went backhand through the legs of Kachetkov and in, and that made it 6-2 to two Devils, just 3.08 into the third period. Miles Wood now with goals in back-to-back games. So the fourth line continuing to put in work as they have scored in each of the first three games of the series. And Miles Wood has himself goals in back-to-back games, his second goal of these playoffs. John Marino got his second assist of the night, fourth of these playoffs. And Vitek Vanacek made a save just before that, gets the secondary assist, his first career point in the playoffs. So that's pretty awesome. And everybody went crazy when they heard Vitek got an assist. So that made it 6-2. to two. But a little more than two minutes later, Jack Hughes is in the offensive zone. He's in the left corner, spins around a defender, and tucks one from a sharp angle that goes through the legs, just kind of squeaks through the legs of Kachetkov and in. And Jack Hughes, with his second goal of the game, fourth point of the game, and his fifth goal of the playoffs, and the route continues to be on as it's now 7-2 to two Devils, just 5-17 into this third period. Dawson Mercer with his third point of the night as he gets his third assist, fourth of these playoffs. Jonas Siegenthaler with his first assist of the playoffs, or excuse me, his second assist, third point of these playoffs. He gets the secondary one. And then we had probably the most frustrating part of this entire game. In the span of three minutes, 45 seconds, the Devils ended up having a five-on-three at one point, but had a couple of power plays in a row. On the exact same power play, the Devils gave up not one, but two, two shorthanded goals on the same power play. It started with Jordan Stahl getting one past VTech off a nice feed from Jordan Martinook. That made it seven to three. And then less than 45 seconds later, Seth Jarvis gets a partial breakaway beating VTech as well. And that gives them two shorthanded goals on one power play and their third shorthanded goal of this game. So the De- so the Hurricanes penalty kill had arguably its best game maybe of this season. Also, I should mention, including the playoffs, the Devils have now given up seven shorthanded goals to the Carolina Hurricanes. So, yeah, our power play continues to be hot garbage and we're giving up way too many shorthanded goals to this team specifically. So that was probably the biggest knock I would have on the Devils in this game. But oh no, we're not done. As later on, after the five on three was over, the Devils were still on the power play. And Andre Palat is able to score one off a one tee of a shot from Jesper Bratt. Andre Palat scores his third goal of these playoffs. It's a power play goal. The first power play goal the Devils have scored against the Hurricanes all year, including the regular season. And that makes it 8-4 to four, with just a little bit less than half of the third period to go. Jesper Bratt with his second point of the game, second assist, and fifth of these playoffs. And Luke Hughes 
with his second point of the game, second assist, got the secondary one. And after that, no more drama or craziness or excitement happened. And when the clock expired, the Devils got themselves their first win of the series. They are back in the series now, only down two games to one. And they blow out the Carolina Hurricanes by the final score of eight to four. And that was the most goals that any team has scored in these playoffs up until this point. So after three games, we have had nothing but blowouts. As you remember, five to one in game one, six to one in game number two, both for Carolina. And then we had eight to four here in game three for the New Jersey Devils. And so, yeah, it was a wild, funny game. And on top of all that, the Devils found a way to win. Timo Meyer was the third star. Nico Heischer second. And Jack Hughes with four points was the first star. Devils finished out shooting uh, Carolina 34 to 30. As we all know, shots on goal doesn't really tell the whole story. The funny thing, though, is that if you look at the shots on goal differential between each period, you look at it and say it was pretty much an even game. Not, shots were 9-6 to six in the first period in favor of the Devils, 16-15 to 15 in favor of the Devils in the second period, and 9 apiece in the third. Um, you know, I will say this about Vitek. He wasn't really all that good. You know, he stopped 26 of 30 shots, but he gave up more than I would have liked to have seen him, seen him give up. So he's, give, he's still given up a huge amount of goals, more than four in his three starts that he's had. Um, and if the Devils are going to go back to him for game three, which uh, for game four, which I would imagine they probably will, um, he just obviously needs to be better. I know it's not fully on him, but he still has to get back to some amount of form that he had in the regular season if we're going to have a chance because we're not going to win every game eight to four. I mean, I know most of our wins have been come via the dominant fashion, but you know we're going to have to get into a close game or two or several against Carolina and whoever else that we play in these playoffs. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have our goaltender lock it down. If we get decent goaltending, as it's been proven, we find ways to win games. Our offense eventually finds itself, and it found itself a lot here in this one. It really did, and um, it was really, really impressive to see seven different goal scores in this one for New Jersey, um, and they come away with a win, and I think that's important. Um, so now they'll have an opportunity on Tuesday night for a chance to. Tie the series up, heading back to Carolina. I mean, obviously, if you know, if you drop game four, you know, Carolina gets to go home in a place where the Devils have really struggled with, despite winning a game in the regular season, really struggled, you know, in playing in Carolina and knowing that two of the final three games of the series are in Carolina. But if you do win game number four, if you're the Devils, not only do you go to Carolina tied at two games apiece, if you're able to steal that game, game five, you could go back to the to to the Rock for Game Six with a chance to close out the series on home ice, um, but obviously there's a lot of work left to left to go. You still have to get Game Four, and that has to be the mindset. Both teams have to throw this game away, whether they won or lost, and have to refocus for Game uh, for Game Four on Tuesday. It'll be interesting to see who the Devils go with in net. I think there's still a question of that. I'm curious to see if Lindy Ruff shakes up the lines again or keeps everything the same, considering we won. Uh, and I'm curious to see what Carolina does in terms of uh, who they'll have in net. Freddie Anderson obviously had himself a really rough game after three really strong games to open up the playoffs. Peter Kochetkov, you know, he gave up the same amount of goals as Freddie Anderson did. Uh, but we know what Kochetkov can do. 
He did it a bunch in the playoffs last year, and he can steal games again. Antiderante has been sick of late, and we'll see if he can get well um, soon for Carolina's sake. So he might be an option. And knowing Rob Brindamore, he's going to keep it quiet, and he's not going to let anybody know until maybe even same thing as Lindy does. Probably won't know until warm-up. So we'll see. There's going to be a lot of uh, question marks for both teams going into uh, game number four. But kind of wrapping up this game, I, I guess you'd say a dominant win for the Devils, although there there were some moments where if you take away the shorthanded goals, it would have been much more of a dominant win. But hopefully the Devils' power play can continue to improve, not give up shorthanded goals. That would be great. Um, and ultimately create more opportunities. Uh, the Devils obviously had a lot of success also five on five, and that's important. I don't know if it's fair to say the Devils have cracked the code in terms of how they, in terms of, you know, beating Carolina's system. But if they could have some similar success offensively, like they did in game three going into game four, then obviously I think it would be more fair to say the Devils have kind of slowly found their way back. So game four is just going to be as massive as game three was. And if the Devils can come in with the same type of play and same energy, they should have no issues finding a way to win game number four. So we'll see. We'll see. And I and I want the Devils to go into game four the same way they went into game three. Grab the energy from the crowd and use it to your advantage. Be physical. You had a lot of big hits in that in this game. You know, get pucks in the net. Be aggressive. Overwhelm them. Because if you're overwhelming Carolina, as good as their defensive system is, they're gonna make mistakes. And you saw it in game number game number three. So I don't know if you rattled Carolina. I'm sure they're still feeling very confident, but you have an opportunity to really, really put some doubt in their minds if you come out with another good winning game number four and tie this series up. So that's what I expect from the Devils. That's what I want to see them. We'll see what they could do in game number four. But overall, Devils are once again back in the series. Now they'll have a chance to tie it up coming up in less than 48 hours from now. Devils fans, Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate or dupe is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon is premium auto at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank. And there are three features with the Raycon wireless earbuds that I enjoy the most. Noise canceling, they are waterproof, and they also don't come out of your ears very easily. They stick onto them very, very well. And, you know, you could shake your head and everything and they stay in very firm. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and leg for quality, sound, and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now, you could pay as low as $18 at checkout. Yes, $18. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They also have over 50,000 five-star reviews. And here are a list of some of the other 
major features. Three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, awareness mode, custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable in-ear fit, crystal clear quality, water and sweat resistant, and eight hours of playtime in everyday earbuds. And if you want to get yourself a pair or a couple, here's what you do. You go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN.